Hello, I'm Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another season of Believing Bigger Podcast. <laughs> Podcast that helps entrepreneurs and influencers find the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. And I love this episode. I haven't even spoken one word yet, but I love it because it's so relatable. And I know that many of you all are going to be like, yes. She is on my pew on today. And so season five, episode 15. Y'all know we only got five episodes left in the season. Yes, it's a 20 episode season. And you know why? Because, so for those of y'all who are not familiar with cuffing season, let me tell you what cuffing season is, okay? So cuffing season, you can laugh. Cuffing season is basically in them winter months when you cold and lonely, you know, like Lenny Williams say, when you get lonely, when you're lonely and you need a boo. Okay, you go, you find somebody, you get booed up because you want to Netflix and chill and, and you want to do all those things. But when it start getting hot outside, cut. Okay, like, oh no, I can't be with no boo. I'm summertime fine. And so basically when cuffing season ends, you kick your wintertime boo to the curb. That's what happens with this podcast. In the summertime, y'all ain't thinking about me. Y'all ain't thinking about podcasts. That's when y'all start getting behind. You going to graduations and other Asians and barbecues and family reunions and all that. Who shot John? So yeah, that's why there's only 20 episodes in this season because right, I think we'll probably be ending somewhere around July-ish, early July, late July or mid-July. That'll be just a time where y'all will be totally in another headspace. So the title of today's episode, episode 15, is You Still Coming or Nah? So, Matthew 11, 1 through 6 is where we are going to find our guiding thought for this episode. And it says this. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. Verse 2. When John, that same John the Baptist that we was talking about a few episodes ago, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Some virgins say, or should we look for another? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So in this episode, you still coming or not? Nah? We're going to talk about John the Baptist, okay? Because as I just said, he's in prison. We're going to talk about why he's in jail. Number two, we're going to talk about Jesus off script. And number three, God's plan. So let's get right into it. So John the Baptist, so Jesus' hype man, okay? So the same John the Baptist from a couple of episodes ago is in prison. And why is he in jail? So John was a devout preacher. I mean, like, in today's terms, people will consider John a holy roller. He didn't drink. He didn't curse. He didn't live some lavish lifestyle. He was secluded in the wilderness. But he was such a powerful and influential preacher that he had a growing reputation and tons and tons of followers and disciples of his teaching. And so John the Baptist had disciples. And his message of repentance, remember, repent, judgment is coming. That message had landed him in jail because he had confronted one of the leaders, Herod, about his sin. So basically what Herod had done, Herod had taken his brother's wife for his own and John spoke out publicly against him. And once he was arrested, 
his disciples became the means of communicating updates from the outside world. So once John was put in prison, then John's disciples would come and visit him and say, hey, here's what's going on in the world. Here's what we've heard. Here's where, where things stand with your case and, and all of that. And so while he was in jail, John was the loudest voice in proclaiming the Messiah, even before he got in jail. So when he got arrested, he started to grow impatient with Jesus. So here's the thing. Let me just kind of like set the scene and break this down into everyday vernacular. John was Jesus hype man. You know, he was baptizing. He was preaching repentance. He was helping people, you know, convert them over to to Christianity and, and to salvation through faith. And he had grown so popular that he became so vocal that he basically spoke out against what we would say the wrong one, okay, or the person in leadership. And when that person heard what he had said about him, he put him in prison. And so when he got put in jail, John started getting impatient with Jesus. He said, now look, I've been out here saying that the Messiah is coming and he's coming with a mighty hand and he's coming, you know, with judgment. But now here I am sitting up in jail. Okay. And so verses two and three say when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him. So are you the one who was to come or should we look for somebody else? He said, now, look, I've been sitting up here singing your praises in the words of Michael Jackson. Shimon. Like, come on, like, what are you doing? Let's go. He was impatient with Jesus. So all this time, Jesus is performing miracles. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's giving sight to the blind, voices to the mute. He's cleansing lepers of their leprosy. He's giving hearing to the deaf. But that was not John's expectation. John was so adamant about the coming Messiah. His position was, look, Enough with the miracles and the shaking hands and the kissing babies. Are you going to tell them who you are or not? John wanted Jesus to publicly declare, I am the Messiah. John was looking for some validation of everything that he had been preaching. He said, now, look, I didn't warm the crowd up for you. I didn't took one for the team. Are you going to put it out there or not? And so he sends his disciples to, to confront Jesus basically and say, look, put up a shut up. Like, time is running out you know we we've been doing this for a while what are you gonna do and the reason why I put this out there is because I think that this for us is a powerful illustration of how even the most faithful among us can start to lose hope and doubt like nobody was as devout in terms of the preparation and the coming of Jesus at this time than John and even John was starting to have some second thoughts you know it's not that he didn't believe that jesus was the messiah but he was like okay come on now you know I, I i know this is who you are are you gonna say it or not and his ultimate demise so a lot of people this is like a little known fact are you guys familiar with that term head on a silver platter it's because of john the baptist this is how he died and so herod the leader that put him in prison he really didn't want to, you know, hurt John. You know, he was afraid of John's followers and and he didn't want any backlash and he didn't want a revolt or an uprising. And so he just kind of took John out of play. He said, look, I don't want to really harm the man. I just want to silence him for a little bit, take him out of the game, you know, and then when things kind of start to die down, I'll let him go. But Herod's wife, Herodias, she hated John and she set him up to be murdered. And so... 
on Herod's birthday, Herodias' daughter danced for Herod, and she did such a good job moving and shaking and twerking and working. He was like, you did such a wonderful job. I will grant you whatever you desire as thanks for you doing such a wonderful job. But she had already spoken to her mother, and her mother asked for John's execution. And so the daughter asked for John's head on a silver platter. And even though Herod didn't want to do it, he ordered John's execution. And so John died a martyr. So if you want to look that up, go to Matthew 14, 8 and Mark 6, 26. But back to our story. This brings us to Jesus off script when God isn't moving fast enough. So even the most faithful of us have moments when we start to wonder, Lord, are you still coming through or not? Nah? You know, we have those moments where we think we start doing what God has called us to do, you know, because we listen to the spirit and then we say, okay, Lord, is this what I'm supposed to be doing or not? Nah? Because Things are not moving the way I thought they were going to move. You know, I thought that this would have taken off by now. Am I out here on some sort of blank mission? You know, Lord, what's really going on? But here's what I want you to, to, to remember, and, and this is key. Jesus never deviates from the plan. In Matthew 16, 15 through 17, it says, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? So this is where Jesus said, well, who do people say that I am? And his disciples said, well, some say, you know, you're a prophet. Some say that, you know, you're Elijah in the, in the second coming. And then Jesus asked Peter, he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who was in heaven. So the reason why Jesus didn't do what John wanted, wanted him to do, which was basically bust out and say, I am the Messiah, is because it would have been a deviation from prophecy. Jesus refused to publicly claim to be Israel's Messiah so that his identity would not be revealed through flesh and blood, but that of the spirit of God, because that's what the Old Testament prophesied. So the prophecy was not for Jesus to come on the scene and say, this is who I am. The prophecy was for the spirit of God to reveal to mankind, this is who Jesus was. So it wasn't his plan to come here and publicly de declare himself. It was the function of the spirit to reveal Jesus' true identity. And so going back to the previous episode where I talk about everybody has a function, God laid out the plan. Jesus came to execute the plan. And it was the spirit's job to reveal to Peter, okay, that line of communication, that channel of communication about who Jesus truly was. So what this tells us is that when God orchestrates a plan in our lives, things have to happen in a certain sequence. Anybody in here ever tried to bake? I'm not a baker. It's not that I can't. I'm just not going to claim and sit up and say, you know, I'm Betty Crocker because that is not my ministry. But here's the thing about bacon. Bacon happens in a sequence. If you try to do things out of sequence, your results are not going to be what you hope they are. You'll be like, how come this don't look like it look on the picture? Because you just threw everything in. There's a show on Netflix. Me and my daughter love this show. We crack up every time. It's called Nailed It. And Nailed is where these people try to make these fanciful baked goods and because they're like oh anybody could do that you know that looks so easy and then when they try to do it in real life mm -mm. you know they dumping in wet ingredients with the dry ingredients and all kinds of crazy stuff and so when God orchestrates a plan in your life things have to happen in a certain sequence and if you try to do things out of sequence it's going to compromise the plan 
And so it's not that Jesus was off script. We're the ones who go off script. We're the ones who go rogue. So how many times have we learned the hard way to trust God's timing? How many times have we jumped the gun and things flopped or backfired or didn't get the kind of results that we were hoping for? Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, when people say things twice in one sentence, they're really trying to emphasize what you ought to do in that situation. In this Psalm, he says, wait. And at the end, he says, wait, I say, I'm telling you, wait on the Lord. Which brings us to God's plan. Let's talk about premature babies for a minute, right? And I'm using this term figuratively and literally. What are the consequences when a baby comes three months before the due date? I have known preemies. I have known people to have preemies. And when a baby has not had the full period of gestation, then it's going to take them some time to fully develop, okay, outside of the womb. And a lot of times, most preemies I know have compromised immune systems. They get sick all the time because they have not built up the antibodies and the protection that was necessary for them to survive and be thriving outside of the womb. What happens when the cake smells so good baking in the oven that you take it out of the oven six, seven minutes before the timer goes off and then you get that dip in the middle or you stick the toothpick in and the toothpick come out sopping wet because it's not fully cooked in the center. I know it smells good, but you have to wait and let it finish cooking. What happens when you're so thirsty to get married and start a family and then you yoke up with somebody that God did not intend for you? These things happen. You know, we like, look, all my friends get married. My biological t- clock is ticking. I didn't wait it on the Lord. Well, I need some. And then we just go on out there. And then when things blow up in your face and it's just not somebody that God sent to you, you know, the, the consequences are evident. So Psalms 84, 11, 12. Let me share this with you. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I repeat, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. You know what this psalm says? God is not going to begrudge you any sort of happiness. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be fulfilled. He says he's not going to withhold any good thing from you. Okay, he's not going to withhold anything good from from you if you're walking upright and doing what he's asked you to do. So is God coming through? Yes. Is he coming on your schedule? No. So John's arrest. So going back to John the Baptist, John's arrest caused him to doubt. John's situation was, look, I'm in prison. Are you com- are you coming through or not? You know, are you going to say you the Messiah or what? But many of us are in prisons of our own, okay? In different ways, we're in our own prisons that have caused us to wonder if God is really who he says he is. So some of us are in prisons of debt, okay? You look back and you think, man, how I got all these bills and I really don't have anything to show for it. Some of us are in prisons of debt. Some of us are in prisons of broken relationships because we jumped the gun or went outside of God's plan. Some of us are in prisons of grief and disappointment. Some of us are in prisons of insecurity and comparison. And so in those situations, we start to wonder, Lord, are you really who you say you are? Or do we need to be looking someplace else? Okay, or should we look for another? And so I want to leave you in this episode with the same encouragement 
that Moses gave to the people when Joshua was about to take over. So when Moses is going off the scene and in Deuteronomy 31, he says, look, God already told me I'm not, I'm not crossing the Jordan River with you. I'm not going over into the promised land. Joshua is. And so he was just trying to prepare the people. And he encouraged them by saying this in Deuteronomy 31, six and eight. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. Don't be terrified of your circumstances. Don't be terrified that if you don't do it right now, then you're going to miss out because there's this thing that we have in the social media world called FOMO. FOMO is fear of missing out. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss the boat. I'm going to miss my chance. I'm, I'm getting too old. It's, it's taking too long. Do not be terrified for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. It says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So now comes my favorite part of pod class. You know, I understand. I get it. We all, even the most faithful of us, even I have had my moments where I'm like, okay, Lord, you coming through it or, or what, you know, and there are several Psalms. Okay. Where the psalmist says, you know what? My foot almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It just seemed like folks out here living any old kind of way, doing whatever it is that they want to do. And they just thriving. And and here I am sitting up here walking on the king's highway and I'm still in debt and I'm still single and I'm still this and I still ain't got this and I still ain't got that. And when you see that, it can create such a, a seed of, of doubt. Like, really, Lord? Like, so this this is what we're doing? Oh, OK. But I'm telling you. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So now is where I get to hear your feedback, your reactions. What is your biggest takeaway from this episode? Um, my biggest takeaway take from this episode was when um, you spoke about when we do things out of sequence, it compromises God's plan. So if we're being faithful, God wants us to be present in our current assignment. He wants us to trust him and, and stay in that assignment. Even though you get discouraged, you have to wait on his plan instead of stepping out of what he's telling you to do because it's not going to work. You know, thank you for saying that. And this is a really important point that you made. Not only do we need to stay in our assignment, sometimes when things don't happen fast enough for us, Either we will try to manufacture an outcome for ourselves or we will do what you just said. We'll abandon the assignment. We'll be like, you know what? Forget this. And we'll walk away from it too soon. OK, you know, we'll walk away from it right before we we about to get our breakthrough. We'll be like, forget this. You know, I'm going back to my old life or I'm going back to this and that, you know, and we'll walk away from it too soon. There's a sequence, you know, God might be preparing somebody's heart on your behalf. God might be moving somebody out of a position and transferring them to Germany and bringing in the new person that's going to be able to open up the doors for you. Like God is doing some things behind the scenes. And even though you don't see it and even though you don't understand it, it's our job to wait and to trust because we walk by faith and not by sight. So believers, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, if y'all go hit me on Twitter or nah, no, I'm kidding. You know, you go hit me on Instagram or nah. Let me know at Dr. Shantae Says and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believing Bigger with Dr. Shantae. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to follow Dr. Shantae, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shantae Says. Thank you.